Testing, testing, testing. Is this thing on? Well, it's getting uploaded either way, so let's just hope for the best. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls of all ages, races, and ethnicities alike, welcome to the debut episode, the pilot, if you will, of the as of yet untitled Neo Game Spark podcast. I am your host, Neo. Whether you found me through my various YouTube channels or if this is your very first time tuning in, I don't care what you call me, whether it's Neo or Chris, this is the as of yet untitled podcast. And what we're going to be talking about on this show, well, to be honest, I have no good idea. I literally just turned on my computer, opened up Audacity, and I just hit record. And we are going to hope for the best, which kind of sums up the entirety of my time here on the internet. I've just been winging a lot of things, even though folks think that, hey, you've got everything all figured out. What's your secret? What's What, what are the secret tools of the trade to being successful? Honestly, I couldn't tell you even if I wanted to. I can just give y'all my personal experiences and maybe it'll work out for you and maybe it won't. But it's very interesting because, you know, I've been on the internet for uh, going on 12 years now. It's crazy how come November, I'll be celebrating 12 years on YouTube. And I, I've seen a lot in those days, you know, the rise and falls of big content creators and and channel trends and so many things evolving at such a rapid rate in the internet. And since we're talking about the idea of doing a podcast, you know, this is something that I'm really not too um, unfamiliar with because, you know, I've I've done various podcasts. If you are a fan of the channel, uh, you would know I do um, different kinds of podcasts with my friends, you know, whether one's dedicated to comics, one for video games, things like that. But this one, I think, is going to be a more personal and intimate experience experience because what I want to do, and this is just literally me thinking about it as I'm recording it, is make this a more, you know, hyper-focused, compact experience where I pick a particular topic and I just talk about it at great length, uh, which is something that, you know, I do do on my YouTube channel. Um, but just given the nature of um, video content creation and the way you have to go about creating videos, it's not necessarily as easy as just turning on the camera and talking. You know, there's a lot that goes into video production and how you structure things and how, you know, certain things that you would want to do when you're talking to a person that you can't necessarily do uh, due to the nature of video production. It's, it's a very technical argument. And I think a lot of people who are content creators will understand what I'm talking about in terms of how you uh, structure and create your videos, the narrative, the flow, all those things. But I think that's where a podcast, you know, a long form podcast can really come in handy for you to just be unfiltered and talk about these things without people having to worry about the fact that, hey, you know, I'm 30 seconds into this video and I haven't gotten anything from it. You know, you take too long to get to the point. Uh, so yeah, that's where we're to do today, what I'm going to do is attempt to pick a topic and uh, speak about it at length, and then we'll just see how long this goes for, and we'll see how interesting of an experience this will be, considering I just took an edible 10 minutes before I started recording this, so we'll see how long I can get to and if I need to uh, shut off the video, and I uh, see video, I'm still stuck in that type of mindset. If I have to shut off the recording and, and you know, just got to go sit down and really uh, contemplate the existence of the existence of the existence, things like that. So for this debut episode, I might as well, considering I did mention the fact that I've been on YouTube for 12 years, I think I might as well just take it back to the beginning. You know, a lot of people have always asked me, you know, hey, you say you've been on YouTube for so many years. How did you get started in this and what's really kept you going? So to really um, understand where I'm coming from, you know, as a person who's been on YouTube for 
12 years now, I got to take y'all back to the very beginning, to the genesis of Neo GameSpark, which was not even my original channel name. Uh, I actually had a few channels before that. So I joined YouTube very early in its existence, uh, even before they were bought by Google. Yeah, that's right. Big shocker for some people out there who might not know. YouTube at one point was an independent site not owned by Google. Uh, nowadays, it's just so easy to, you know, just talk about YouTube and Google being synonymous, you know, as the same company. But, you know, there was a time where YouTube was literally just a website where you broadcast yourself. So this is circa 2005 and 2006. And my phone in the background literally just turned on. I think it's because I did say Google. I'm telling you, man, these devices, these smart devices, be careful. So taking it way back to the year 2005, 2006, I'll never forget I was actually uh, visiting some relatives down south. I was hanging out with my cousins. We were on the computer in my aunt's room, and my cousin, you know, he was really big into um, Newsgrounds at the as the time. I believe that's what the website was called, uh, where they had all these uh, flash animated videos and things like that. And I remember somebody had linked uh, a particular website to watch uh, another video, and it ended up leading us to YouTube. And back then on YouTube, man, it was just such a such an interesting place, man. There were there was no type of, you know, nowadays it's so easy to be like, oh, you have these categories and you have these type of YouTubers, things like that. There was literally nothing. It was just a whole bunch of randomness. When I say there was just random videos floating by and then you just clicked on the videos because you wanted to see what they were all about. That's what the YouTube experience was. When you loaded up YouTube.com, there was literally a scroller on the front page of the most popular and viral videos at the time. And man, this is, it's just so crazy to think about now because, you know, there's so many videos that are popular viral at the same time that you can't even show them. You know, back then you saw the individual view counts of the videos change in addition to, you know, the, the highest rated videos. Oh, this is back when, you know, YouTube had five stars instead of just the uh, like or the dislike. So there was, there was a lot more uh, personality in the, uh, I guess, uh, decentralization of YouTube as it as uh, it, it ended up, you know, growing and trying to figure itself out. And it's still figuring itself out as, as many websites these days are. But he sent, a, he sent a link for this website. And I remember just um, like literally YouTubing, the term wasn't even a thing at the time, but I remember YouTubing Cartoon Network stuff. Because, you know, I, I, I was a child of the 90s. I loved my Cartoon Network shows. I preferred it. You know, 10 times over, you know, the offerings on Nickelodeon and Disney Channel and on Cartoon Network, I was really into Foster's Home for Imaginary Friends. And I, and I think this might have been the very first YouTube video I watched, which was a uh, I, I, I don't know if the term was a YouTube poop or, or something, but it was essentially a person took footage from the Foster's cartoon and they added in a song about cheese. You know, cheese was um, one of the imaginary friends on the show who is very annoying and irritating, but he was kind of lovable and funny in that way. I think the song went something along the lines of I am so damn happy, blah, 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 something, something like that. And, I, and that was the first video I saw. And I remember taking the link of that video and emailing it to myself because this is long before the days. And I, I know some folks are probably watching this and like, why do you keep referencing the fact that this was, you know, 15 years ago because the things we take for granted now where it's kind of like oh you make an account it's in your history you watch it later or oh shoot me the link of that video and it's on my phone we couldn't do that back then man smartphones weren't even a thing so all we had to do if we, we saw a video and we liked it and we weren't um able to you know uh, bookmark it for ourselves, like let's say it wasn't our computer was to email stuff to each other 
because sometimes you would go back and try to find that video on YouTube and it would not be there. You know, just the way you tried to type it in or maybe it got taken down due to copyright, which is another crazy problem of the uh, early days of YouTube. But yeah, I, I emailed that video for myself and I remember watching it constantly at home and me and my sister were laughing at it and we started looking at, you know, some other videos and that's where we stumbled across uh, AMVs, which were anime music videos. You know, they would take uh, uh, popular songs in, um, you know, various realms of music, whether it was rock or it was some type of pop. And they would, you know, to the beat, they would add an anime and they would make it really like uh, over the top, bombastic, beautiful, heartwarming, heart wrenching, depending on what the song was. Uh, it, it was a really, really interesting time to see those type of videos because that was like the first genre I had ever come across in terms of uh, content creation. And it was it was crazy because it was just the whole, uh, you know, group of people in this community. And there were some who were better editors than others, but they were all pretty much using like the same programs. Uh, some just dedicated more time to it than others. And you could tell when you started seeing some of the videos, some were just like very choppy and others were, you know, doing uh, uh, picture and picture and cropping characters out and, you know, doing crazy outlines and sparkles and glitters and all this insane stuff. It's, it's, it's crazy what, what really uh, went into those things. Uh, but when I started watching more videos, I decided to create an account because I wanted to uh, be more in engaged in the experience. You know, I saw people were leaving comments talking about stuff and I, I wanted to be that type of person, too. So I remember the first account I ever made was Qmon, K-Y-U-M-O-N. Qmon uh, is a uh, particular, you know, it has a relation to the Naruto uh, series, whether you watch the anime or read the manga. Kumon is one of the gates uh, that Rock Lee and my guy uh, unlock to unleash more power. Uh, that's uh, what it's called in Japanese. That was one of the names that I used because this was 2005. So this was the height of Naruto's existence here in the US. So I, I named that my channel and I really didn't do much with YouTube outside of watching videos and leaving some comments. However, uh, once I started to get a little bit more tech savvy, you know, I started to go ahead and download uh, software to download videos from the internet because I noticed that on these websites such as IGN, Game Trailers, websites like that, uh, that would be hosting a lot of the first look gameplay. Um, those videos would not be on YouTube. Yeah, that's right, y'all. So this is long before the days where it's like if, if a, a game trailer debuts, it's literally going to be on YouTube right then and there. Uh, they were on the website-specific uh, video players, and it, it was always a process trying to you know deal with those players because there was there was no one good player. Every website had their own different player, and they had issues. You had to refresh the pages, and sometimes you know you have enough horsepower in your computer to run it, but then it doesn't work with your browser and all types of craziness. Uh, I took it upon myself to upload a lot of clips from Naruto video games to YouTube because I was like, hey, these aren't on YouTube. Maybe people would like to see it and if they didn't know it existed. And there was a lot of um, random gameplay clips from those games that just got lost in the shuffle of all the other big games out of the time. So I think one of the first things that I did was for Naruto Clash of Ninja Revolution. This was it was kind of like a remake in a sense of a GameCube game, which was Naruto Gekuto Ninja Tyson 3 in Japan. Um, but by this point, the GameCube was dead in North America. People had moved on to the Wii. So they kind of took the foundation and the framework of that game and they started doing their own thing. So it's not a complete one-to-one -one remake, but it does have its um, its uh, carryovers into it. Uh, so I started uploading those videos on YouTube and I noticed a lot of people were watching it. I remember my first video got like 
uh, over a hundred views. And, and that, that was a big deal back in the day, especially for a person who's just starting out. Uh, so I kept uploading more videos to spread awareness for these games because there were a lot of people who liked Naruto, such as me. And something really interesting started during that experience. For the first time, started to see bonds of friendship form. You know, as a person, you know, I grew up loving things like, you know, anime and manga and video games. Uh, not to a crazy excessive degree where, you know, it was the stereotypical, oh, I can't function without this in my life, yada, yada, yada. But it was always hard because when I would go to school and try to talk to people about these things, it was either one of two camps either they weren't interested in it whatsoever they thought it was weird and dorky and goofy or there were people who were just too far gone they were so invested in it that it was literally their life their religion and it got really really cringy i'm talking like yeah dial it down a few notches man that's just that's just too much it's kind of like anakin in um the uh what was it attack of the clones how he he just had this like weird he was trying to come off as suave and debonair talking to padme and it was just like yeah tone that down that is that this ain't it chief uh that's what it was like dealing with a lot of people so i was kind of at a um at, at a middle ground you know where it was just like um too weird for the quote normal people end quote and at the same time i'm not weird enough for all of the the zealots so it was pretty much just a hobby that i shared with my sister because we were both of similar mindsets where we loved it but we weren't like in love with it <laughs> sounds so weird because i'm equating it to like a, uh, a a children's romantic comedy or something you know it's like do you like me or do you like like me so you know i start seeing a lot of people who are interested in these sort of things and we start having great conversations and to me this was literally like diving into a whole new world something i'd never experienced before in my life it was really dope to um congregate with those people so i kept uploading more videos because i love talking to these people and we were having a lot of fun and it was great and then, unfortunately, my channel got taken down by YouTube. So this is something that still exists to this day on YouTube. So it's not like it's been eradicated completely. Uh, but copyright was such a big thing back then. Like you, there, it was so wishy-washy on what you could upload and what you couldn't and what you could realistically get away with. So anime was just taboo. You know what I'm saying? Like if you uploaded anything involving anime, whether it was just like a screenshot or a full-blown episode, it, it didn't even matter. It was going to be taken down. And back then, you you really didn't have anybody to fight with you if your channel got taken down. So if it got taken down, too bad, so sad, you got to start a new one, which is what I did. So when Qmon 1 went down, I created Qmon 2. Again, this is before the days of Twitter where you can put out mass tweets and things like that. I went ahead and, you know, built a new audience again. And thankfully, a lot of the same people um, carried over because I was one of the few folks who were uploading all this stuff. Uh, but then something different happened in the summer of 2008. I started to get a bit uh, experimental with the videos that I made where I had basically built my following for like a good year, year and a half uploading other people's content, I started getting into uh, video production, if you will. So I would take footage from like, let's just say an anime I was watching and I'd make some type of a compilation video. So one of my first videos that I edited um, was a Naruto all Rasengan's compilation. So basically every single uh, version of the Rasengan from the genesis of the Rasengan when it was incomplete to its final form, to all the different variations in the movie, even leading up to Shippuden. Um, I, com I uh, compiled all that stuff in a video. It was very easy to digest because it was literally Naruto all Rasengans. And I think that was like the first video I made that uh, really went viral. But again, it was um, just me being bored and experimenting and doing something different. And you know, that that I guess sparked the the creativity in me to go ahead and produce more content. I went and I did those kind of videos and 
at some point, I, I got a, a message from one of my subscribers. Uh, I don't know if he still watches the channel at all, but his name was uh, GIOPAgent112, I believe. And he sent me this uh, link, which was basically a way for you to hack your Nintendo Wii to play import games. Now, at the time, I was really big into importing a lot of um, Japanese games, things we never got here in the States due to uh, localization issues. You know, over here in the States, there was a point in anime where they wouldn't localize games that were out if it was deemed too spoiler for the North American audiences. Like, I, I, I kid y'all not, that was definitely a thing. And, you know, since I was big into importing, I was rightfully pissed off when Nintendo kept blocking them because every time fans came up with some type of, uh, you know, a workaround to it on the Wii, Nintendo would just release that update. And it's just like, dang, so all this money I spent on import games, I can't even use a freeloader. I can't use any type of trick. This sucks. Until I got this message from GI Op Agent, and it was just a way for me to circumvent all those problems by hacking and homebrewing my Nintendo Wii. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. So this is 2008. So I want to say I had just turned 15 years old, and here I am making videos showing people how to hack their Wii. <laughs> you know, it, it was it was so strange because uh, I literally just gotten done hacking it myself and then two minutes later I turn on the camera so that was the first time that I had done an on-camera video and it, if that video was still up I would love to rewatch it now but I was really just freaking out spazzing going crazy like oh my gosh guys I just I found a way to play import games on my Wii and so this guy messaged me his name is Geo Pageant yes I, I called him Geo Pageant instead of GI Op Agent I never lived that down so long as, you know, you know, I was able to talk to him over the course of those few years. You know, I did the tutorial and I remember it involved you owning a copy of Twilight Princess for the Wii. There was an exploit that they got from the game. And I remember you had to go ahead and once you had the software on your system, you booted up Twilight Princess. Then you went back and I think you held a button and it went into like this debug mode. And you were able to go ahead and hack your Wii from there. It was really insane, you know, rocket science brain surgery stuff for a 15 year old. At least that's what I thought at the time. Uh, but I tried to make it in like somewhat of a an easy to understand, digestible manner. And, you know, I, I did that and I showed off that, hey, you can play Naruto on your Wii. And that was the first video I'd ever made on camera. You know, that's when people got to see who's the the, the man behind the account, or in this case, the prepubescent teenager <laughs> with his voice cracking like crazy. But then from there, I started to get more comfortable doing these on-camera videos. So it ended up um, being the, 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 the real beginning of my YouTube career as as I am the person and the personality. Uh, I started doing more videos just showing off stuff in my room like, hey guys, this is my anime collection. Here are my Naruto DVDs and I would open up each and every single one of the DVDs to show people the inserts and what's in there. Because uh, back in the days, anime DVDs, they went balls to the wall when it came down to uh, packaging. At least like when you open it up, you see you have different designs for the discs in addition to reversible covers and all, and all those cool things. You know, it's a it's a far cry from some of the, the basic stuff we see now where you just open it up. It's in a cheapo, flimsy packaging and you'd be lucky if you get some type of crazy discards. That's how it started out, man. I just started doing more and more videos. And as I got comfortable, I started to start... Um, like delving into other worlds of um, entertainment. So, you know, I started talking about video games and the first video game I spoke on, you know, outside of Naruto, which, you know, was of course related to anime, was the Kingdom Hearts franchise. Yeah, Kingdom Hearts, it's a series that I always say, you know, no pun intended, it's near and dear to my heart. And for good reason. It's actually one of the first things that I started talking about on YouTube and uh, it's where I started to see another community form and more friendships 
and bonds being uh, created. And we started talking about a lot of things with Kingdom Hearts. You know, this is back in the days post Kingdom Hearts 2, but pre 358 by two days and birth by sleep so there was that little bit of a a, a dry spell where we we hadn't gotten a game for a good couple of years and the crazy thing about this whole uh situation you know looking back on my whole history with kingdom hearts it's so funny how the years in between some of these games they felt like decades if you're judging by you know the 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 Japanese calendar well actually even with the American manufacturer localization it's only it was only three and a half years which nowadays it three and a half years that that doesn't seem too crazy at all but back then it felt like it was the the, the toughest weight in the world man and and even though we had a, a in-between game which was chain of memories for all intents and purposes that that is Kingdom Hearts 2 it is a sequel and, and it was only like two years from that to get to um Kingdom Hearts 2 it those two years man they felt like ridiculously long so going from 2006 with the American launch of Kingdom Hearts 2 to the release of 358 by two days that was only three years which again is is, is not that long I mean we're I'm recording this in August of 2020 three years ago was the release of Persona 5 you know and even then that game still feels really recent but that's we're, we're literally coming up on three and a half years it's crazy to think about that but yeah I started talking about Kingdom Hearts and and doing theories and speculations and and, and all types of different videos uh, I remember one of the first ones I made uh, I actually got really fancy with the um, the editing software I was able to uh, download music and put it into the software and I, I'll never forget this the video audio was getting drowned out by the music it, it, it's i thought it was really cool but i really wasn't thinking about it at the time uh so it's, again it's just one of those things you learn as a not even just content creator but a creator in general you know uh presentation and you know all the things that go into that but yeah i had so much fun on Qmon 2 but realistically i knew that there would come a time where the same situation that happened to me before would happen again so to be safe i went ahead and i created a backup account which was neo game spark 2 neo well not neo game spark 2 well i did create neo game spark 2 at the time just to be safe but i created neo game spark so what's the story behind neo game spark what does it mean it's got to have some type of meaning what's in a name well to tell you all the truth there is no good type of explanation as to why i came up with the name neo game spark there's no real crazy deep meaning attached to it it's not associated with a memory from when i was growing up it's not some type of a crazy palindrome of my actual name literally how it came to be was when i was creating what would now be my third youtube channel um i wanted to think of a name that would stick something that would be <laughs> again i make it sound like i had everything figured out at the time but i really didn't uh, i wanted to think of a name that would essentially uh, be marketable like I wanted to have a game show because I grew up watching G4 TV attack of the show you know Adam Sessler all those people on there and I, I wanted to do a show like that but for you know anime video games and Kingdom Hearts and stuff like that so I was thinking like all right okay I have to have game in the name so game and you know what's a name that's not taken uh game 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 spark game spark yeah let's put game spark in YouTube had already claimed that name oh, okay well what about something else uh how about how about how about and this is how the neo portion came in a lot of people assume that oh you know yeah there's a there's a deeper me meaning behind it literally what i think it was was i either asked youtube to do an autofill generator of the name where they can come up with something to put in front of it or i had just watched the matrix like the jury is still out on that one i'd have to go and uh you know get that uh what's that thing that tony stark wore in 
Civil War where he can go and view his view his memories. I'd have to do that and try to find that memory. It's it's one of the two. I can never settle on whether it was YouTube who created the Neo part or I was watching the Matrix. But I said, yeah, Neo GameSpark. There we go. That's my backup account. I remember I had a photo of Kakashi doing the uh, uh, lightning blade, and I, I just left it as is. And I didn't have to use that YouTube account until it all came crashing down for the second time in a good year, year and a half. YouTube had terminated my channel. See, I'll never forget the two times this happened. So the first time I remember signing into YouTube, I, I believe it was over the course of summer 2007, towards the end of summer 2007. I'm not exactly sure when, uh, but I remember signing into YouTube and I was just like, dang, my account is gone. And, you know, I, I felt rightfully upset for a 14 year old. And the second time it happened, you know, I had already built like such a, a massive community, a couple thousand subscribers. I was uh, chilling with my sister in her room and I think we were watching Family Guy and I got a phone call from one of my subscribers who I was uh, cool with at the time. We exchanged phone numbers and we talked about things. Uh, he called me and he was just like, hey, did your YouTube channel get deleted? And this was January of 2009. And I remember when he said that, I was just like, what? And I just jumped out of bed, hung up the phone, went upstairs on YouTube. And it was just like, your account has been terminated. And literally when that happened, I, I just... I went into such a such a rage and this is probably the the angriest that I've ever been on camera you know and I went and I recorded a video for my second channel and it was actually my very first vlog and I was just talking about, about how I was pissed off that my channel had gotten deleted after all that stuff after all that work I put in man you know this was this is the legit passion of mine and I remember that was the first video where I was actually cursing on there. And and I'll never forget the fact that I was upstairs uploading that video in my parents' bedroom because that's where the, the computer was. And I I think I had left the browser open and my mom looked and she saw, that was like her first time seeing me uh, on YouTube because she knew I did videos, but she didn't know I did on camera stuff. And she just didn't like the fact that I was cursing on there and, and just what type of message will this send to people. And that video really wasn't live for too long uh, because I actually had to take it down at the request of my mother because she didn't want me swearing on camera. And then I recorded a second vlog, which is more of like a tamed down, toned down version of that. Um, just talking about the future of my channel, you know what I'm saying? It, it was it was kind of sad because I was speaking at it from a like very defeated sort of mindset. You know, I had both my channels struck down for the copyright stuff, even though to me at the time I didn't view it as a problem. Like I was literally just promoting their games for them. I wasn't posting like uh, full episodes of anime. It was literally just me promoting their stuff in addition to making my own interesting, unique videos based off of that material. Yeah, I, I, I was definitely pissed off. And, you know, it, it, it changed the way in which I recorded stuff. So instead of uploading the footage of the games, because that was very dicey for the future of your channel, I started just talking about them in these vlogs, which it's, it's such an interesting, <laughs> it's an interesting thing that I, I, I took the term vlog put that as the title of a video where I talk about my life in addition to news updates for, you know, video games and anime. Because when you looked at most vlogs, it was literally just people walking around their day-to-day -day lives talking about things. And here's this guy doing news updates over this Naruto manga chapter and yada, yada, yada. It, it was so funny how that came to be. And even when I stopped doing the vlogs, which I believe was like, what, 2015? 2015, I stopped doing the vlogs. I think after I hit a couple of hundred, a uh, hundred, not a couple hundred episodes, but I think around 100 
30 or so of those. It's funny because I've legit contemplated on bringing back the vlogs at some point because while I do enjoy doing like the breaking news updates and giving my thoughts and making it more of like a, a video specific topic if it's important, I do like the idea of just having this half and half sort of thing where I talk about my life and then how it relates to a lot of those things. Uh, that's what I did a lot in the in the discussions. Like I would talk about this anime stuff and then I would, you know, add in the fact that, oh, you know, well, this anime movie, it comes out during my winter break. So hopefully if I get good grades, my mom will uh, take me to movie theaters to go watch it. And it, it just created a sort of personal experience, I guess, especially for a lot of the people growing up at the time who had really never seen content like that. I'm, I'm not saying that I was the first person to ever come up with that, but seeing that sort of shtick because more often than not, when we are seeing other people's lives on some type of thing, whether it's a television or computer, they're usually celebrities and people who, you know, who the experience has been manufactured and sold to you uh, by a team of leading experts. It was very rare to just see this random dude uh, talking about stuff and just it being him and that's it it's a one person show and just going and talking about their life so doing those videos i think was really my calling to youtube because the fact that it was just so like basic in a sense where i'm talking about my life and all these things i think that's what gravitated people towards it uh and then i just continued on doing that i i did that for so many years those vlogs they ran from 2009 up until 2015 when I slowed down making them. I mean, a couple of more have probably eked out in you know the months uh, after I slowed down. Uh, but as a whole, to have that, which was running for you know close to six years, it's it's it's, it's absolutely insane. You know, it's absolutely insane to think about. Uh, so that's basically been the genesis of my YouTube channel. Uh, there's there's a lot more in terms of uh, things I can get into, talk about my overall experiences as it's um, as, as I've gone through YouTube and seen a lot of different changes and things like that. But I think I might save that for a different episode because that's another hour long discussion in and of itself. So this is essentially how I got my start on YouTube, how, you know, I was exposed to the site in addition to um, how I you know created the channels and ended up on this one right here. For subsequent topics, we'll definitely discuss uh, some of the other things, like the things I've seen change uh, throughout my 12 years on YouTube, and then where this channel has gone from its inception to uh, its current day and plans for the future. Uh, so for me to you for now, y'all, thank you so much for tuning in to the very first debut episode of the As of Yet Untitled Podcast. I might think of a clever title, and I'll put that on the uh, the uh, tagline for this episode. But yeah, you know, I think we're we're going to make this maybe like a bi-weekly thing, and I'll speak on specific topics until I get some type of a flow. And if you've got any suggestions about how you want me to structure some things, then uh, definitely let me know. I can't say down below in the comments section because this is going to be going on like podcasts services and things like that but hey you know where to find me you can tweet me at neo gamespark my youtube channel is neo gamespark if you just stumbled across this for the very first time wondering who is this guy who talked 40 minutes about how he started a youtube channel like, well, what was the point of this <laughs> but yeah you know thank you all so much for tuning into this and until the next time i'm in gs signing out like always i will catch you guys later peace